Good morning. I'm Aya Wimala, and today is Thursday, Thursday, April the 15th. Another beautiful day here. I hope it's lovely where you are, or you're content with it, whatever it is. Um, I realized I was running late this morning because I started reading in a book, The, the Way of the Bodhisattva. And this is Shanti Dewa's book. And we do chanting. Uh, my wish is a, a Bodhisattva prayer. And um, we do that. At Blue Lotus, we chant it. It's part of our chanting book in English. And um, it's from, it's an adaptation or or. Uh, a few, some verses from Shanti Dewa, who is an 8th century monk, Buddhist monk in India. So I finally got the book, but I, it was only this morning that I started dipping into it. And I just wanted to share with you a, a small, some verses from the book. And this is a, this is from the Shambhala Library, so it's published by, um, Shambhala Library, and it's they're all short four-line gattas, um, and they're all on different subjects. So the one I wanted to read from is chapter on patience. And I'll just read some of as a sampling. All the good works gathered in a thousand ages, such as deeds of generosity and offerings to the blissful ones, a single flash of anger shatters them. No evil is there similar to anger, no austerity to be compared with patience. Steep yourself, therefore, in patience in various ways insistently. Those tormented by the pain of anger never know tranquility of mind. Strangers they will be to every pleasure. They will neither sleep nor feel secure. Even those dependent on their Lord for gracious gifts of honor and of wealth will rise again and slay a master who is filled with wrath and hate. His family and friends he grieves and is not served by those his gifts attract. No one is there, all in all, who, being angry, lives at ease. All these ills are brought about by wrath, our sorrow-bearing enemy. For those who seize and crush their anger down will find their joy in this and future lives. Getting what I do not want and all that hinders my desire. In discontent, my anger finds its fuel. From this it grows and beats me down. Therefore, I will utterly destroy the sustenance of this, my enemy, my foe who has no other purpose but to hurt and injure me. So come what may, I'll not upset my cheerful happiness of mind. Dejection never brings me what I want. 
my virtue will be warped and marred by it. If there's a remedy when trouble strikes, what reason is there for dejection? And if there is no help for it, what use is there in being glum? Pain, humiliation, insults, or rebukes, we do not want them either for ourselves or those we love. For those we do not like, it's the reverse. The cause of happiness is rare, and many are the seeds of suffering. But if I have no pain, I'll never long for freedom. Therefore, my mind be steadfast. The Karna folk and those devoted to the, goss- the goddess endure the meaningless austerities of being cut and burned. So, why am I so timid on the path of freedom? There's nothing that does not grow light through habit and familiarity. Putting up with little cares, I'll train myself to bear with great adversity. Don't I see that this is so with common irritations, bites and and stings of snakes and flies, experiences of hunger and of thirst, and painful rashes on my skin, heat and cold, the wind and rain, sickness, prison, beatings. I'll not fret about such things. To do so only aggravates my trouble. There are some whose bravery increases at the sight of their own blood, while some lose all their strength and and faint when it's another's blood they see. This results from how the mind is set, in steadfastness or cowardice, and so I'll scorn all injury and hardships I will disregard. When sorrows fall upon the wise, their minds should be serene and undisturbed. For in their war against defiled emotion, many are the hardships, as in every battle, thinking scorn of every pain and vanquishing such foes as hatred. These are exploits of victorious warriors. The rest is slaying what is dead already. Suffering also has its worth. Through sorrows, pride is driven out, and pity felt for those who wander in samsara. Evil is avoided. Goodness seems delightful. I am not angry with my bile and other humors, fertile source of suffering and pain. So why should living beings give offense? They likewise are impelled by circumstances. Although they are unlooked for, undesired, These ills afflict us all the same, and likewise through unwanted and unsought, though and likewise though unwanted and unsought defilements, nonetheless insistently arise. Never thinking, now I will be angry. People people are impulsively caught up in anger. Irritation likewise comes though never plans to be experienced. All defilements of whatever kind, the whole variety of evil deeds, are brought about by circumstances. None is independent, none autonomous. Conditions once assembled have no thought that they will now give rise to some result. 
nor does that which is engendered think that it has been produced. The primal substance, as they say, and that which has been called the self, do not arise designedly, and do not think, I will become. For that which is not born does not exist, so what could want to come to be? And permanently drawn toward its object, it can never cease from being so. Indeed, this self, if permanent, is certainly inert, like space itself. And should it meet with other factors, how could they affect it, since it is unchanging? If, when conditions act on it, it stays just as it was before, what influence have these conditions had? They say that these are agents of the self, but what connection could there be between them? All things, then, depend on other things, and these likewise depend. They are not independent. Knowing this, we will not be annoyed at things that are like magical appearances. Resistance, you may say, is out of place, for what will be opposed by whom? The stream of sorrow is cut through by patience. There is nothing out of place in our assertion. Then when enemies or friends are seen to act improperly, remain serene and call to mind that everything arises from conditions. If things could be according to their wish, no suffering would ever come to anyone of all embodied beings, for none of them wants pain of any kind. Yet carelessly, all unaware, they tear themselves on thorns, and ardent in pursuit of wives and goods, they starve themselves of nourishment. Some, ha some hang themselves or leap into the void, take poison or consume unhealthy food or by their evil conduct bring destruction on themselves. For when affliction seizes them, they even slay themselves, the selves they love so much. So how can they not be the cause of others' bodily distress? Although we almost never feel compassion for those who through defilement bring about their own perdition, what purpose does our anger serve? If those who are like wanton children are by nature prone to injure others, there's no reason for our rage. It's like resenting fire for being hot. And if their faults are fleeting and contingent, if living beings are by nature mild, it's likewise senseless to resent them. As well, be angry at the sky when it is full of smoke. Although it is their sticks that hurt me, I am angry at the ones who wield them, striking me. But they in turn are driven by their hatred. Therefore, with their hatred, I should take offense. In just the same way in the past, it was I who injured living beings. Therefore, it is right that injury should come, in, should come to me, their torturer. Their weapons in my body, both are causes of my torment. They, their weapons, I, my body, brandished. Who then is more worthy of my rage? This body, 
running sore in human form, merely touched it. Merely touched, it cannot stand the pain. I'm the one who grasped it in my blind attachment. Whom should I resent when pain occurs? We who are like children shrink from pain, but love its causes. We hurt ourselves through our misdeeds. So why should others be the object of our rage? And who indeed should I be angry with? This pain is all my own contriving. Likewise, all the janitors of hell and all the groves of razor trees. Those who harm me rise against me. It's my karma that has summoned them. And if through this these beings go to hell, it is not I, is it not I who bring their ruin? Because of them and through my patience, all my many sins are cleansed and purified. But they will be the one who, thanks to me, will have the long-drawn agonies of hell. Therefore, I am their tormentor. Therefore, it is they who bring me benefit. Thus, with what perseverity, pernicious mind, will you be angry with your enemies? If a patient quality of mine is mine, I shall avoid the pains of hell. But though indeed I save myself, what of my foes? What fates in store for them? If I repay them harm for harm, indeed they'll not be saved thereby. My conduct will in turn be marred. Austerity of patience brought to nothing. Because the mind is bodiless, it cannot be destroyed by anyone. Because of mind's attachment to the body, this body is oppressed by pain. Scorn and hostile words and comments through it that I do not like to hear. My body is not harmed by them. What reason do I have, O oh mind, for your resistance? The enmity that others show me, since in this or future lives it cannot actually devour me. Why should I be so averse to it? Perhaps I turn from it because it hinders me from having what I want, but all my property I'll leave behind, while sins will keep me steady company. Better far for me to die today than live a long and evil life. However the days of those like me, the pains of dying will be all the same. One man dreams he lives a hundred years of happiness, but then he wakes. Another dreams an instant's joy, but then he likewise wakes. And when they wake, the happiness of both is finished, never to return. Likewise, when the hour of death comes round, our lives are, our lives are over, whether brief or long. Well, that's beautiful. I can see this is worth, just from reading on patience, this is worth just keeping near, near you, opening anywhere. It's uh, poetry. It's a little bit like uh, some, uh, reading some, something from Shakespeare, but these are very simple verses.
So there are chapters. I'll, I'll uh, tell you a little bit about the chapters that are in this book. This is a beautiful edition. I bought it as a used book recently. And um, it's perfect. It's, it's hard to believe that it was even used. The, uh, the Way of the Bodhisattva, uh, The Excellence of Bodhicitta, and we, we talked a lot about Bodhicitta reading Pema Chodron's book, Welcoming the Unwelcome. And that's that development of a, an awakened heart, mind. Confession, taking hold of bodhicitta, carefulness, vigilant introspection, patience, I just read from that chapter, diligence, meditative concentration, wisdom, and then uh, the appendices. The appendices have the life of Shantideva, equalizing self and other, and exchanging self and other, which sounds like a Tonglen practice. So, this is a book that uh, I know the, monk, the uh, monks at uh, Blue Lotus said that it, although Shantideva is often considered uh, uh, more in the Mahayana tradition, the monks said that Shantideva is also a very important figure for all Buddhist traditions. So that was. Uh, I hope I hope you like that. Let me know if you like that. But I just wanted to read a little bit because I was really intrigued with it, and and as I dip into it, reading that intrigue grows. So I'll probably start at the beginning and just read it through and dip into it whenever I have a little bit of time and keep it nearby. And this was translated by the Padmakara Translation Group. So, um, I, I thought those little verses were so uh, pithy, but they were jewels. So that would be this would be a good book to find something that you could find a verse that could be a mantra, that would be something you could memorize and use it in your practice or use it. Uh, mantras are, are usually good when something happens and we, we need something as kind of a mental protection, something we can say that we've memorized that can be helpful to us uh, if there's something that suddenly we become, like he's talking about, if anger arises, uh, a verse on patience something that speaks to us, could be something that we've memorized. So we don't act on, on that uh, arousing of a, of a difficult emotion or fear or um, suddenly knowing that you're, you want to say something that you really know is wrong speech and you, if you have something to work with to fight that tendency for that defilement to arise. So... I thought we'd have time to meditate, but uh, where time will be up very soon. I wanted to let you know tomorrow I won't be live. 
uh, I have a, it's a routine uh, eye appointment with my doctor who I had mentioned has moved back to, uh, he, he hasn't moved, but he's, he's no longer seeing patients at the clinic where I would see him, which is closer, only about an hour from here, and now he's further. And because I have macular degeneration, I need to have a, my specialist be closer. So tomorrow I'm going, making the trek to uh, Janesville to see my wonderful doctor and ask him to start uh, helping me find a doctor as good as he is here in Illinois. I know, I know he'll help me find one, but you know, when you have a doctor you trust and you've worked with for a long time, it's, it's difficult when, if you have a chronic condition. So I have to have the injections in my eyes. So, you know, I really like that I trust him enough to stick a needle in my eyes on a regular basis. So he's been, he's been a, a wonderful doctor. So that will be, it's, and it's just a, you know, it's, probably an hour and a half drive. It's nothing terrible. But if I were to have an emergency, it would be, I, I need, I think I need to have a doctor closer than that. So, uh, and I always ha have a, a wonderful friend who drives me. And it's not fair to ask her to be driving all over Wisconsin to take me to a doctor's appointment from Illinois. Um, but it's nothing, I mean, I, I don't want anybody to think there's anything wrong with me or some serious problem. It, it, this is my, uh, it's like changing the oil. This is my routine maintenance for my eyes. <laughs> so uh, have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you Sunday. And I hope you enjoyed Shanti Dewa. Uh, and I'm sure if you go online and look him up, and it's it just you can just look up either the way of the Bodhisattva or Shanti Dewa, Shanti, S-H-A-N-T-I, and Dewa, D-E-V-A, all one word. So thank you, everyone. Thanks for uh, being here, and thanks for sharing the journey with me. Bye-bye.